Let's do it here. Another edition of Gaz on the Go. All the sports talk you need from the week in less than 40 minutes. Before we get into the sports topics, we know you got to tell you about the people that make this podcast possible. Mohawk Honda selection is king when we're talking about Mohawk Honda. And if you're looking for the Kelly Blue Book offer, wherever you live across upstate New York, Mohawk Honda wants to help you find the vehicle that you're looking for. What fits your budget and more? Think about this. You show up to Mohawk Honda in that same day when you're looking for a new vehicle or trading in a vehicle and get money in your pocket and a new car. That's right. Same day Mohawk Honda wants your vehicle and will make sure you're heading to the right place. It's whether it's the road, the summer road trip, the baseball games, the Little League games, whatever it might be, Mohawk Honda wants to make sure it's easier for you to get there with the new vehicle. Stop in. You know, I know it from experience. Just talking to Mohawk Honda, Cam McKenna, my friend over there, doing big things this summer. Looking forward for you to connect with him or Brian McKenna, Lindsey Harding, Greg Johnson, the whole great staff and service and more. It's Mohawk Honda, where you know Glenville, New York's the spot this summer. Get the new ride where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Lily and David Fine. Jewelers, so cool. I got to share the story this week. My pal Jeremiah up in Saratoga talking to him. He said, Hey, I got I'm I'm getting married this Saturday. I gotta head over to Lily and David Fine Jewelers. He's built a relationship with Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Alyssa, David, and the crew there as he preps for his big wedding day. I'm glad Jeremiah took our advice and stopped over to Route 50 at the shops of Wilton to get what he needs for his big day. Shout out to him and his bride, Catherine, getting married this Saturday. So happy that they worked with a family-owned and operated business. That is Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Now, you can have that same experience, that same success story for your big event this summer. That's a lot of S's right there. If you stop into the Route 50 new spot, oh, I got it one more time, Shops of Wilton. I thought this would be the week I'd stop saying it, but guess what? If you haven't stopped in, it's a new spot for you. Head in there. Get that wife, fiance, girlfriend, what she wants. And if you're not quite sure what that is, don't worry. Alyssa, David, and the crew will help you find what she's looking for. Make those memories stay at Lily and David Fine Jewelers, whether it's the wedding or you're heading to a wedding, or maybe you're ready to start planning yours with the engagement ring and the big proposal on the way. It can all happen off of Route 50, the shops of Whitton. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers. And when you stop in, Tell me you heard about it from Gaz right here on Gaz on the Go. All right, let's do it. Sports talk from the week in less than 40 minutes. This is pacing to be the biggest sports story of the capital region in 2022. Kumar Rocker, June 4th, debut for the Tri-City Valley Cats. Now, for those who are living outside the capital region, quick little catch up here. The Tri-City Valley Cats used to be the minor league affiliate of the Houston Astros. That's a big deal here in the Capital Region with that major league connection to a team. It's huge to have that. Now, it changed when minor league baseball cut some teams. For whatever reason, the Tri-City Valley Cats were one of those teams that lost the affiliation. It still blows my mind that a city like Troy, Schenectady, Albany, a top 60 market, if that stuff still means anything, could not hang on to a minor league baseball team. Whether it's a politician, whether it's Money, it blows my mind that Albany, with a very engaging fan base, especially for baseball and especially for pro teams, could not hang on to the Valley Cats. Now, that might confuse somebody just do and like, oh, hang on. So they're not a minor league team, but now they're an independent team playing in the Frontier League, which is an independent league. Yeah. 
So the benefit of that is that Kumar Rocker, who was drafted by the New York Mets in the 2021 Major League Baseball draft, decided not to go. He said, I'm not playing for the Mets. They couldn't figure out a contract situation, so he's going to put a name back into the draft. And he hopes that his pitching performances for the Tri-City Valley Cats will improve his draft stock. And that's the most fun about this. Albany, the capital region, does this better than any upstate New York City. And hell, we can put the city in that mix as well. That Albany's sports fans elevate the athlete more than the team. Think about this. If you're listening in Syracuse, it's always about the orange. The football team, the basketball team, it is about the school. Of course, there's been great players like Donovan McNabb and Carmelo and Jerry McNamara. You can go through the list of players that you know you were favorites of that stood out, but... Fall after fall, winter after winter, you find yourself in central New York and maybe other spots of upstate New York rooting for Syracuse. Same for Buffalo. You find yourself rooting for the Bills or the Sabres. Yes, of course, there have been names that stood out, but it fall after fall, winter after winter, it's the uniform, the laundry you're rooting for. And the college towns like Ithaca and Cortland and Geneva and Watertown and more, it's the school affiliate. Albany's sort of not like that. When you think about what gets the most press in Albany, it's still those major sports teams down in the city, the Yankees and the Giants and the Jets and the Mets and the Knicks and the Nets. But it's about the Jimmer Ferdets of Glens Falls, the Joseph Gerard III's, the Kevin Herters, the Ian Andersons. There are so many other names that I might be leaving out right now that Kevin Smith over the Oakland A's. It's more so about the athlete becoming the story. The capital region saying, that's one of ours. That's our guy. That's what Kumar Rocker can be. From the days of touchdown Eddie Brown to Malachi Jones and Tommy Grady for the Albany Empire, which we'll get to here in a second. Albany has shown that they root for the player. When a big-time name comes to the city, that becomes an event. Now, maybe that's the concert goer from Capital Region fans when shows its back and the MVP arena, the Pepsi arena, Times Union, whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's just a mindset that's put into the Capital Region sports fan. But when you've got a top 10 pick in the Major League Baseball draft and a new league the team hasn't played in before, and you're finding a way to continue to hold on to those baseball fans in the 5-1-8, this is the way to do it. I guarantee you, and this is an easy guarantee, some where you're listening might laugh at this. I guarantee you every time Kumar Rocker pitches, it will be the lead headline in every single news station. It will be the top story on every single local sports station, every podcast. Every eye will be on Kumar Rocker. And he may not pitch more than 10 times. He might pitch like six times this year, improve his draft stock, and depending on how good his agent is, he might go all the way up to the number one pick in the draft. He might fall out of the first round. He might sign and take his millions. He might improve his elbow. There is so much uncertainty, which makes us such a fun season and team and player to follow. Kumar Rocker pitching the former Vanderbilt prospect who's throwing no-nos in the College World Series is coming to Albany. And I'm telling you, this, like, call me maybe in June of 2022, this story is going to dominate the summer in the Capital Region. Speaking of the Albany Empire, they are back in action this Saturday at the NVP Arena. Godzilla Media has got the pregame show for you, 3.30 to 5 o'clock, and then 7 o'clock kickoff set. 
as Albany takes on Jacksonville. Andrew Santillo cannot make the broadcast, so you might know him from ABC 10, and you might know him from the most recent episode of Getting There with Goss. That is Tim Drawbridge. We'll have the play-by-play call. I'll be alongside. Looking forward to this Empire game, as we always do. Pre-game show is going to be a lot of fun. Game broadcast, fun as well. The storylines of the game, we could talk about the bye week, which we'll touch on in the pregame show, and the great play of Sam Castronova and what that means for the team. And Jacksonville, such a great battle back and forth the first time these two teams played. But LeVac said something interesting in the LeVac and Gosh show this past Tuesday about how the Shark Tank has proven to be, at least now, the most aggressive and exciting fan base of the NAL. That's fun. Albany fan might get pissed at that and be like, whoa, what about us? Hey, I like a little smack talk in the league. I like the back and forth. I like the challenge, the the gauntlet that's been thrown out there by Jacksonville. The intriguing storyline for Capital Region sports fans for this is, have you been watching the games on YouTube? Because it's felt like a month, if not longer, than the Albany umpire being back inside the MVP arena. There were some fans, unfortunately, nothing that the umpire staff and executives can do that there might have been some fans that were ticked about the product that was iron man football we came out here and said it on gas and the go the iron man stuff had to get cleaned up the game was too long stoppage of play officials trying to figure it out and albany fans that are used to championships and winning hopefully they're going to be coming back out for that that's why this game feels like there's more pressure on everybody than game one of the season think of how wild of a statement is that but the more and more we get closer to kickoff, there is pressure on the Albany Empire. Game one is about what can your quarterback do? What is the post-world without superstars and championships and the banner being raised like Mike Faithful? What can he no longer on the team? Well, Malachi Jones, Tommy Grady, like all these guys who we thought that storyline would be put to bed by the second home game. It's not quite yet because this new group of Empire players has yet to get their first win at home they're going to battle with jacksonville they're yet to find that crazy play can't miss moment that's gone viral i get coaches aren't aiming for that but maybe the attention is what i mean by that is the fans want to go home and talk about something and share it on social media and more the albany empire how much is it win loss going to change and shift the season with how evenly matched the teams are in the NAL, seeding is going to be thrown out the window cliche style when eventually these teams hit later in the summer. I could break down the X's and O's of how big of a game Darius Prince has to have, if Kenneth Magruder is going to be in the lineup, all that stuff. But it's more about Albany sports fans one more time here on A Goss on the Go. Going to the block party, enjoying the product, and looking at the Albany Empire and saying, okay, this is what we want. We want to be entertained this summer. We want to watch these teams win, and we want to go out and support them. I know someone's going to yell and scream, God, not the fan angle. Oh, God, can we get past the attendance and everything? You look at this game, and you tell me the pressure about what it is. That's the storyline of this. It's the Albany Empire fans saying, you know what? We don't know what we thought about Iron Man football, but we're back in. We like it. We want it to happen. We enjoy this product. We want to see this Albany Empire team win, and hopefully we see the fans come out for this game. Castronova playing well, the defense stepping up. We should have a great game on our hands for Jacksonville versus Albany. Let's switch it over to another spring football league that's not the NFL, that is in the headlines and having big-time engagement. People on social media have reached out to me about what I think about the news that the XFL 
has partnered with ESPN and ABC and the family of networks to air their games for the 2023 season and on. Uh, I believe it was LeVac who wrote Suck It to me about the XFL. Here's my take on the XFL in similar fashion of 2020. If, if you may have missed it, let's reset right on 2020. I had gone on the air and said it will never kick off. I looked at the Alliance American Football League in the XFL, and we'll sit with the Alliance first, that Charlie Ebersol, who I interviewed face-to-face, had said, we're going to be fine. This is going to work. This is going to be great. And immediately, the league ran out of money. Immediately. Like, Charlie Ebersol was a rich kid who thought he could just spend forever and had no idea how to run a business. He wanted to be like the new tech guy. He wanted to be like Adam Newman meets Elizabeth Holmes. These CEOs of tech companies have no idea how they're ever going to make money, and it crashed. And Charlie Ebersol went and tried to get money from the Carolina Hurricanes owner. And they're like, well, he's invested $250 billion. And I called bullshit immediately on that. I'm like, so you're telling me a guy who's a billionaire sees a failing company and says, I'm just going to give them $250 million. None of the reports of that Alliance American Football League ever made sense. Now, the XFL, I'd gone to a game, MetLife Stadium, watched it play, liked the attendance, liked the atmosphere. They did everything they could. They brought the fans down to the field, everything they could. Now, Big thing to remember. We're like, yeah, remember when like ABC and ESPN was behind it? They bought the airtime. It's not like ESPN was like, oh my God, we can't wait to put the XFL stuff on. Vince McMahon called up the network and said, what does it cost for us to put our games on the air? We will buy the airtime. It was like a hundred million dollars or might have been $200 million. Vince McMahon, he actually, you're right, it was $200 million. Now thinking back, green with myself. Uh, $200 million because McMahon sold his WWE stocks. He had that money on hand. Why did it crash so soon? COVID. It's easy to make the headline of, oh, the XFL wasn't going to work out. They shut the whole thing down because of COVID. That's it. They swallowed the losses. They went with it. So it's not to be pessimistic. It's not to be anti-XFL. But the take's not that hard. Why would I believe it? Why would I believe XFL 3.0 is going to work? The Alliance American Football League didn't work. I just said XFL 3.0 didn't work. The USFL and everyone can't wait to tweet out their television ratings. It's not even so much about the television ratings for the USFL. It's that they, in comparison to the Alliance American Football League and XFL 2.0, said, how do we not blow through cash this fast? Okay, let's have all the games at the same spot. Let's do it. They were more fiscally responsible with their money, but that doesn't mean it's good. Hey, we're not going to go out of business as fast as the other ones. Okay. I haven't had one that succeeded yet. That's that's the answer. Like th- That's the best I can give you. Why should I have faith in this one? And if that's the attitude that I have from somebody who went to a game and actually enjoyed themselves and loves football and everything, why would another fan have that attitude? Even in 2022, maybe more so than ever in the history of your life, public perception matters. And the wild part about it is sometimes the truth doesn't matter. You can tell me the USFL has great television ratings and people care about the league and look at the social media engagement, look at the players. You can sell me it. But if someone has the same attitude that I have, that's a hard hill to get over. That's it. That's the toughest part about it. 
is will the public believe it's just another grab for money, which you can argue it might be, or it's a league here to stay? Public perception makes it feel like that's the case. Public perception is still strong in 2022. People will read something on Facebook, Twitter, see it's in a graphic and believe it immediately, quicker than ever before. No, 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 I saw it on Facebook. No, 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 I read this story. I read that. I don't believe the XFL is going to make it to 2027. If they do, God bless them. Good for you. Here's the thing that's going to be thrown. I promise you this will be thrown out there as a theory. Well, guys, what if The Rock uh, makes it like a minor league system? Like, what if the XFL becomes like a feeder program for the NFL? That'd be a great idea. No, 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 no. Explain it to me. Why the hell would the NFL give the XFL money to be a minor league franchise, a minor league system, when the NFL can just do it themselves? Can't the NFL just basically be like, you know what, we're going to create a minor league system? That's it. Why would they pay someone else to do something that they can do on their own? It makes no sense at all. So this idea like the XFL can be a feeder program, they don't need them. The NFL can do it on their own. Sorry, XFL. I haven't watched the USFL. I don't think this one's going to work either. Game sevens galore. You've already seen the results of these games. The Rangers and the Mavericks coming through and the Celtics. All the hockey game sevens. Man, it still is great. Both the NHL and NBA playoffs having the game sevens and push them across the weekends. And Saturdays and Sundays filled with the action, the winner take all, best of, all that stuff happening is what sports fans have been looking forward to the most. Did we even appreciate Game 7 galore? Like I said, you already know the results. I don't have to break down game by game. We've talked about it. But maybe we're more appreciative of a great Game 7 because of what 2020 and 2021 were, especially in these two sports. The bubble tournaments to crown the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals champions, the Lack of fans because of the Canadian situation and more of the battle that these teams have had to do to make it seem more quote-unquote normal. Now we've got packed arenas. Now we've got the fans into it. We can talk about legacies and storylines and everything else that happened for these Game 7s across the board. It feels wonderful to say that, well, if you want a Game 7, you're more than likely to win in the next round, but that's never been proven. If it has, somebody send me the 538 stats on that. That a Game 7 series and a Game 7 victory puts you in a better position to continue to advance in the next round. It doesn't feel like that. Because in the NHL, it feels like Colorado and everybody else, even though the Rangers that advance, Carolina's a really good team, it feels like Colorado and everyone else in the NHL, although David Goliath might be on the way for the Stanley Cup. And in the NBA, it's turning into Luka's show. Luka, the modern-day Larry Bird, Phoenix looked horrendous in that game. Terrible. The Rangers get a game-winning goal down three games to two. They come back. Should say three goals to two came back. The Celtics dominated. If you're a Celtic fan, you thought, okay, we're better than Milwaukee. We proved it in game seven. All those good storylines, everything you want, the right night, the right TV, the right headlines. Oh, game seven, I appreciate you more than ever before. Remember that Aaron Judge theory we did last week? About how Yankee fans need to be careful because the better and better Aaron Judge plays, the less and less likely it might be for the Yankees to sign him. And the higher and higher his price is going to go up. Okay, so 
the thought process was good. A little Shark Tank comparison here. Like the, the thought is good. The tank is interesting, but the execution is poor. And not because I didn't execute well on the podcast, to have myself on the back, but it's because why in the world would you ever, 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 as a fan, as a manager, as a player, not ownership, not executives, that one makes sense because you're going to have to pay them more, but fan, manager, teammate, ever think rooting against Aaron Judge benefits the team. This guy is on his historic pace, 63 home runs. Running away with the MVP award, Aaron Judge has shown when healthy, and that's a fair criticism, he can be one of the best players in baseball. He should be paid like one of the best players in baseball. But there's been the knock. Health, Yankees haven't won. He's trying to answer both of those things in April and May of 2022. A shifting player. What I mean by shifting players is that if you didn't have him, how many shifts would you deal with in the standings? Would you be first, second? That's if a player is Aaron Judge. When we look back at the poor seasons of the Yankees or the poor stretches that the Yankees had, how often was Judge in the lineup? Was it 50%, 60%, 12%, 0%? A true impact player, a true MVP, most outstanding most valuable, whatever award you want to toss Aaron Judge's away, that's what he's been able to do for the Yankees. The multiple home run games, and now the Korea Park thing is becoming a rallying cry for Aaron Boone and company. Aaron Judge is great. So the idea that I had last week of hope for some of the success not to always be for Aaron Judge because Yankee fan might struggle to sign him, it's not wrong. The theory's not wrong, but... Why in God's green earth would you ever hope for Aaron Judge to suck? It can't. Whether you're a Yankee fan or just a baseball fan, don't we need something like this? Everyone wanted to trash baseball and say, it's boring, it's done, I'm not coming back, the lockout. Maybe this is what baseball needs. A home run chase summer 2.0. Aaron Judge just dominating the league. Look what other leagues have been able to do. I'm talking from Formula One to soccer to football. They put their athlete above games. They market them. Baseball knows that's the biggest knock they've had on them is how do you market your stars like everybody else? I just did a whole five minutes on Albany just loving its stars. That's what Aaron Judge can be. What can you make this summer? A battle for 400? A battle for 70? 73? 74? Does he have a great rival? Here are storylines that can happen. So Aaron Judge... I take back what I said. I still hope you have a great season. I hope the Yankees still pay, and I hope you continue to be a player we watch for the future because you do it the right way. I just wished it wasn't against the Orioles, man. The biggest story in the fight game, boxing, the UFC, WWE, AEW, the biggest story, and we need this for the entire fight segment, is the story involving Sasha Banks and Naomi. If you missed it, these two are the women's Tag team champions. They said new belt, relatively new within the last five years that these two are now holding. The story goes that Sasha Banks and Naomi were battling back and forth with creative people who write wrestling shows about what they were going to do in the main event of that night show. And by the time the main event had been agreed upon, it seemed as if Sasha and Naomi still didn't like it. And they walked in to basically their second boss's office, luggage in hand, said, here are the tag team titles and walked right out. Was it a work? 
which is the wrestling term for a part of the storyline. Was it a shoot? Wrestling term for is it real? The internet is ranged and battled throughout. Sasha and Naomi trended on Twitter for 24 hours about what really happened. What do I think really happened? I'm not going to play devil's advocate. I'm just going to tell you what I think. I think it's all true. Every single thing that I've read from Fightful's Sean Ross Sapp to Pro Wrestling Insider to the statement that the WWE put out there. A long statement basically saying, we couldn't give you the advertised main event. It's a scripted show. The participants had eight hours to prep, but they couldn't come to conclude. All of that is real. Because wouldn't it have been a lot dirtier, scandalous, if the report got out there and the WWE never responded and Sasha or Naomi got to control the narrative of what was really happening? The WWE shut that down quick and said, no, no, no. They're not running to Twitter or YouTube or a podcast to tell them what happened. And it could be completely true of what Sasha and Naomi were going to tell. The WWE want that to happen. But to have somebody walk out on a wrestling show, to put that in perspective, Antonio Brown-like taking off the equipment and quitting the team during the game. The only difference is Sasha and Naomi didn't do it during the actual match, which remember when Jeff Hardy did that and got... Like recently, maybe it was overserved a bit. So, okay, so that's happened before, but not with Sasha and Naomi. There was still opportunity to change the main event. But to the level of being so unprofessional that you leave. Some are saying that, oh, this is the way to do it. Stand up for yourself. Always saying what you believe. No, 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 no. What what job lets you do that? What job lets you walk in and say, you know what? I don't agree with what you guys believe, so I'm quitting. Some people might want you to quit. Or I'm just not coming to work is a better way to phrase it because Sasha Naomi of this taping have not quit the WWE. They were just told, here's your job you have to do today. I'm not doing it. I'm leaving work. Hey, you've got to go pick up these boxes. What? No, I'm out. Peace. Not doing it. Hey, you've got to go interview this athlete today. Nah, I'm going home. I'm going to go play some video games. Is that how life works? It's not how a job works. If the WWE really had to figure out what they're going to do next, well, let's say with Naomi first. Like This is the first incident, at least publicly, that I know about that there's been a battle between Creative and Naomi. And she's married to one of the bloodlines. I forget which Uso it is. I think it's Jay Uso. So if your top dog, pun intended, Roman Reigns is going to put his, I don't say bark. Yeah, let's keep rolling with this dog storyline still. Uh, if he's going to bark and say, you guys know Naomi's not going anywhere, right? Like, we are not cutting the wife of my cousin. Okay. Sasha Banks. I don't know her relationship with Roman or any of the big stars, but she is in the conversation as being one of the biggest stars in the company. Not just female, but male or female. Somewhere in the rankings of the female superstars, you could do Charlotte, Rhonda, Becky, Sasha. Bailey's injured. She's always been one of the stars. But how often do you continue to do this? This is the second time where Sasha Banks has thrown a fit. Another one also involving the tag team titles back at WrestleMania where there was the story of her and Bayley crying on the floor because the Iconics won the belts at Mania, not them. It makes people talk about her. It makes people care. I think I got off track there and didn't mention the time when I was a kid when I remembered this actually happening was Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin, go look at it. The first time I realized, ooh, there might be some more stuff in wrestling than just what I see on TV. 
when Austin quit the company because he didn't want to get pinned by Brock Lesnar on a random Monday Night Raw. It's drama. It's juicy. It's interesting. I want to know more. Naomi and Sasha's friend was tweeting about it, saying that the finish of the match didn't make sense, and one of those two was going to pin the other one, and it was going to water down the tag team titles because they weren't going to be a tag team. They are going to go after singles titles. A lot of that does make sense. A lot of it makes a lot of sense. But every single day I'm going to be talking about it. I'm going to be looking on Twitter for an update. I'm going to listen to stories about how it comes. I hope it continues to have more and more juicy headlines. Uh, Do I think Sasha Banks will wrestle again in the WWE? No. I believe Naomi will because of all those things I said about Roman Reigns. But right now, I would be willing to bet that she will never wrestle in the WWE again. They're done with her. They'll let her contract run out. They'll say thanks, but no thanks. We've got too many talented people now. What else are we supposed to do with you? Give you the title every single week? How are we going to continue to just babysit and be passive towards you, Sasha Banks? I think she's done. Quitting on the job? It's an easy way to get yourself fired. Naomi and Sasha, if it's a work, if it's not real, get ready for the summer of Punk. Next year, the summer of MJF, the summer of Cena, the summer of Nexus. They can dominate the summer. And if this was a work... Oh, man, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Before we get into the weekend wagers for the Preakness and the PGA Championship, let's tell you about our friend Jared Lozier at Northeastern Insurance. Looking to save cash? Your home, your car, your small business, things are important to you wherever you live in upstate New York. Just think about this. You just listen to the podcast. How hard is it to send one text, one email? Email, J-A-R-E-D-L at N. Email.com. Right. Free quote. Save me money. Heard it on God's podcast. One email. J A R E D L at N email.com. Or give me a call 518 956 3753. Shoot him a text 518 956 3753. Listen to the podcast. I would like money, please. Jerry Lozier is an awesome guy, man. Cannot wait to hang out with him again soon. He's all over the place doing great things as always, helping people out in the capital region having beers, having parties, man. Somebody you want to find out about and get your financial advice from. Northeastern Insurance is the place. Jared Lozier is the guy. Cannot wait to have another beer with him and talk about sports, talk about making some money and more and saving that cash for you. One more time on the number 518-956-3753 in his email. J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. All right, just like Jared wants us to, let's make some cash. Let's figure out how we're winning some money. On the Preakness and the PGA Championship, which I'd like to point out before we get to the picks. Uh, my Kentucky Derby pick, Epicenter, finishes in second. Rich Strike uh, comes up and beats him. My Masters pick, Rory McElroy finished in second. Okay, let's break through. We are due. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm not even done yet. How about our picks last week? We pushed all those to game seven. We missed on one last week. We are due for a big winner this week. Let's get it. All right, let's go Preakness first. Two, four, eight. One dollar trifecta box, creative minister, secret oath, epicenter. I want to make sure I get that right. Two, four, eight. You know, I loved epicenter. Epicenter should have won. I won't do that. Epicenter got beat. Flat out. Rich Rick ran a better race. Finished in second. 
power to power punch to the punch. We'll do it that way instead. That epicenter, best horse in the field. Uh, Secret Oath wins the Kentucky Oaks. Really good race, man. You go back and watch that again. Secret Oath just plays it perfectly, sits back. Looks like there's still stuff left in the tank in the Kentucky Oaks. Just took off. By the way, took the lead coming around the stretch and hung on with so many better contenders, it seemed like. Love that run by Secret Oath. Don't forget about Rachel Alexandra. 2009, mind that bird and everything else. The lady running in this one. So I got the Philly. Man, I love that race by Creative Minister. You go back and watch Creative Minister. Also ran a Churchill Downs that first Saturday in May. Impressive. Uh, if you want to take a shot to win the race, I love Creative Minister. So I'm going two, four, eight, one dollar try box. That is my Preakness Stakes play. How about the PGA? Three golfers I'm playing. We start with Jordan Spieth. Spieth playing really good. Going for the career grand slam. He wins the PGA. He's got them all. So give me Spieth. Remember, we're going to play the same way. Top five finish and winner. Want to make sure it's like uh, a Super Bowl bet. You want to make sure they win the conference. So Spieth right now, according to DraftKings, top five finishes plus 350. To win it's plus 1,400. Great part about this is if these bets hit, we won't be kind of Betting against ourselves, the payoffs will be good enough. So I'm going to play Jordan Smith, plus 14, plus 350. Shane Lowry, why? Uh, how about nothing but top 13 finishes this season? Guy continues to play great. He's got three top three finishes in there. Uh, if you go back and look at his stuff as well, plays well. If the conditions get a little crazy, Shane Lowry at plus 650 to finish in the top five and plus 3,500, baby. 35 to 1 to win this. And my long shot, Anabon Lahiri. Who is Anabon Lahiri? Is he at 3,000 to 1? Yeah, 3,000 to 1 to win. And plus 55. Anabon Lahiri. Who's Anabon Lahiri? Well, is he 301 to win? Yep. Is he 55 to 1 to finish in the top five? Yes. I promised myself I was going to Google PGA Championship Welcome Child. And if any golfer and a kid who was recently born, that was my theory with Rory McIlroy. That Rory McIlroy was a Peppa Pig fan. He just welcomed a child. He played better. He gets second place finish. Whoever had most recently welcomed a child to the world, that's who I was going to roll with. Anabon Lahiri. It's a long shot. Let's cash some tickets, man. Let's make it happen. Appreciate you listening. Looking forward to talking again next week.